And we are live. Perfect timing. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why, as in why Google. Ah, man, this is going to be, yeah, it's going to be one of those nights. We basically go through this whole damn thing and try to figure out why the hell everything is the way that it is, because why the hell is it the way that it is? Because it's stupid sometimes. Seriously, we, we just we just spent five minutes trying to figure out why something was not working with TCP IP talking and Google's free system is exactly what we paid for. So <laughs> thanks. Weird. Part of this is to follow through with the whole adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination because, no, not this time, because the destination was we could all talk to each other for a change. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble all over the place. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name, S-H-U-J-I-N. Hi. For those of you that are looking right now and uh, looking at the bottom panel and going, that looks different. Yeah, it does look a little bit different. Because <laughs> after two plus long months of having not the ability to do this, I'm back, bitches. In left field, batting fourth for the Calgary Stampede. Dallin Cool. Uh, it's just that. <laughs> Which means you're just in time for me to say bye, folks. Yeah, one thing at a time, one thing at a time. Dallin, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. From the Midwest of the U.S., who is uh, 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 going to be famous in, in very short order. Good evening, Bridget. Good evening. I'll tell you about that in a couple of moments. Uh, from the uh, ever-loving city of, of steel and, and good neighbors, Joey, good morning. You must have me confused with somebody else. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. From outside of, you know, two million doc, uh, two million pages of documents into four pages. Yeah, yeah. The guys over there at Cliff Notes never had it so good. Unrenowned Tech, good morning. Well, there goes my Cliff Notes analogy. Thank you for taking my line. No, just kidding. <laughs> I actually couldn't have come up with that when I tried. Good morning to you too. And across the pond over into Paris, uh, an hour um, early, as a matter of fact. Joseph, good morning. I'm just right on time, actually, but it no, was No, no, you, you are. You are. Well, Bonjour. Bonjour. Did, did you remember to make your coffee? Ah, toujours. I have no idea what that means. Always. <sighs> I, I wouldn't be speaking right now if I didn't have that. Yeah, considering it's Odark stupid in the morning for him right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which means to wake up for the shows because of daylight savings time. I thought I had to wake up at four, four o'clock in the morning. But actually, mm. so the best part of waking up is coffee in your cup. Oh yeah, he could yeah. have slept until five, is what he's saying. Mm. He he could have, but then he wouldn't have had enough time to boil water and make coffee. Mm, true. Because well, at this point, I'm here now. Yes, and very good. Because at this point, it did like seven oh. times past, so we're not going to have this problem anymore. 
Yeah, which is which is which is good, you know. Well, because... you do have a delay because I, that's why I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry about that. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just you want to you want to kick off the show. That's fine, man. It's, I I completely understand it. it. You can just ask. You don't have to try to piss me off because you're not going to go ahead and do it. You do understand that, right? You're not going to go ahead and piss me off. You understand that, right? Mm. Are you pissed off? You mad, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Shujin needs decaf badly. <laughs> yeah, he's trying, trying to cut you. too Italian. You know, considering what I just I, okay, mop guy. I I made I made I made a I made a big ass lasagna today. I made a big piece of I made a, I made a very large piece of. Okay, uh, like I told the guys over here, how big a piece of lasagna did I make? Okay, uh, two pounds of ground beef was not enough for any more than two layers, and there was more than two layers. At that point, you start laying on the vegetables. Yeah, now because I I didn't uh, the only vegetables that I had that would have been worthwhile would have been onion, and really garlic. I'm trying to. I'm trying to grasp the size of the pan you had to use to pull that off. It was um, never underestimate the, the the amount of size of food we can make here in America. Yeah, you this have is... no zucchini in your house. What kind of Italian are you? I'm <laughs> tech. I used to do WTF news from the Heart Attack Grill when it was killing people. It's still killing people. And, and, and plus, I've. <laughs> I have visited your shores on more than one occasion, and trust me, I I got a pretty good glimpse at um, the portions. Although, I, I will say, not too long ago, actually, on my birthday, I was in Detroit for work and ended up at a great place called, uh, was it uh, Prime 29 or something like that? Yeah, bit of an expensive steakhouse, but I will say, Worth every penny. Oh. After not having had a good steak in so long. Oh, mama. And, and there is something I'm trying to figure out. Okay, Shujin, you can help me out on this one. No, no, no. All okay. Right. All right. All right. Detroit, Michigan. Home of a restaurant that sells Coney Island hot dogs. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You said home i'm sorry i thought you said whole because yeah I, I was i was on board when 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 you said detroit michigan and i heard whole i was on board up until that point so okay when, when did i say whole you said you said home i thought you said whole is it's, it's oh, a, oh we, sorry yeah you got an ip thing going on right now it's yeah I'm, no I'm it, it, at any rate hmm. uh, i thought coney island was in new york it is mm -hmm. So why would a place in Detroit be able to make Coney Island style hot dogs they and actually brand them as such? Yeah. The, the same way that they say that they have a, a functional democratic government when I think it's the last 17 mayors have been uh, in, in jail. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Okay. That, um, Puts in perspective, doesn't it? Well, yeah. it, it begins to make sense, but yeah, you know. Yeah, we could. We, well, we could. You know, we could. Uh, we can invite the guys from Cognitive Dissonance on, so they could. Oh, that's right. They're they're never up this late. The old timey kind of. Well, 
go to sleep. That's Chicago, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, but they they understand about this kind of thing too. All right, because you know, um, you know, Chicago, Detroit, it's all pretty much the same hovel. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 going with that. Well, I, I will say this much: the chili on those dogs was divine. Found the recipe, made it myself. Uh, you were talking like two pounds of ground beef. <laughs> Five. Back up the cow. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, just just yeah, back yeah. it right up into back, the industrial back up grinder. The cow and, and start playing it. the theme from Fargo, folks. Oh, and and just to make it extra haram, given the the neighborhood I'm in, I threw in a. Um, it wasn't actually all ground beef. It was half beef, half pork. Ooh. With a bit of milk, be perfect. Piss off everybody. Oh, but and then I would have gone after the allergy crowd. At least the next batch I'm going to make, uh, because I forgot that one of the uh, a trademark thickening agent of chili apparently is peanut butter. What? So yeah. I'm told. Yeah, no. peanut butter. N- not always. Uh, peanut butter oh. is one of those things that gets used for as a binding agent for several items, uh, including. Apparently, I have a recipe for um, copycat White Castle sliders, and the binding agent that they suggest in there is peanut butter. Not a lot. Not a, no, no, no. Not a lot. Not, like a not that you would. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's just because of the the chemistry. Yeah, for me, it's a tablespoon in a crock pot. Yeah, but I still <laughs> I still have six containers of that shit in the freezer. I'm not going to be redoing that for a while yet. Well, that's good, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the chili was awesome. I mean, you have food. Yes, and um, thanks to recent events, I'll be going out and getting more food soon. I'll be able to afford it. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> so as a uh, as a quick reminder, yep, uh, Dallin is back. Uh, his uh, machine is back up and running, or I should say it, it is currently running because it is a New beastie. Lives, we'll, yes. we'll, t- we'll talk well, about the old beastie another time. He's at a higher frame rate, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, brand new graphics card. Uh, yeah. this is, it's an NVIDIA 1050. Ooh. And then I went and got this new monitor, and I thought, well, okay, you know, it's the same size as the monitor I currently have. Yeah. Um, this monitor has a much higher resolution than the one that's over there. Oh, so you got a, a 14? Uh, let me, give me one second. I'll get this for you. Give me a 4K? Uh, yeah, apparently. Um, my primary display right now, uh, resolution, 3840 by 2160. Nice. The other one, 1920 by 1080. <laughs> so, hey, Dallin, yeah, how do my pores look? <laughs> um. Seriously, go watch, go watch like NCIS or or yeah. a Fortune Fire or something like that. You can literally see like the pores on their skin with 4K TVs. It's oh, just God. like oh, I don't need to see that. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be like switching back to cartoons from now on if that's the case. <laughs> and people yeah. mock me for watching anime. And with or was good it reason. One of the two. I, I don't know. I, I saw. I just got caught up on Sword Art Online tonight, and oh my god! I I got my yes, SO to, to watch. God damn it! I got my SO to watch uh, two episodes of Sword Art Online, yeah. and she was hooked. We've seen everything Sao, including uh, the later stuff, the spinoff stuff. 
Well, have you um are you caught up on the, the Alicization Unity right now? Uh the the new one just dropped today. Then no. Okay. Are you in that storyline? Um the one I've got my SO up to is uh Gun Gale. Okay, you got a ways to go. Yeah. Uh yeah, after Gun Gale, there's uh there's a movie where Kirito talks about it's kind of a catch-up on everything. Yeah. And then uh oh the, the next one. Um Gallon. Yeah. TikTok. Sorry. <laughs> hey, you guys I was, I was I know, I know. I was, I was willing to give I was willing to give you guys enough rope to kind of Sorry, we, we started to nerd. We apologize. I, I, I saw the title of tonight's show. I know, I know, but so, we didn't but we didn't get there yet. We didn't get there yet. Fine. You do you do remember that we have a format. You you do know that. It's been a while and yes. I'm getting old, so Oh, it's funny, you know. It, for, it, um, uh, it's not so funny because I just turned fifty. Okay, fine. You know what? Fuck you. I just turned fifty-two. So shut you up. You know what? Shut up. <laughs> At shut least up. we're not talking about who died. Um, yeah. um, wow, dude. That's uh, that's anyways. an impressive piece of data work there. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. So no. let me let me roll, and and then we can go ahead and we can we can figure all this stuff out because I'm just opening my mouth to insert the other foot <laughs> and you're doing a wonderful job of it. It's going to be one of those nights guys. So as always, for those of you that are watching live, um, first off, I apologize in advance. No, actually it's not in advance at this point, but of course, take advantage of the live chat. I don't know where it is. I don't care. It's on my screen. It's over here. You don't like it piss off i don't really much care uh enjoy talking with us because we're gonna need a little bit of an assist once in a while i'm sure oh hey if they, but, don't like it, they can blame google they Sorry. can but with five minutes on the clock your five minute freestyle starts right now so five minutes to talk about food oh my god what can i talk about food i'm italian there's a there's a there's a there's a thing that's been going around that says you know, get into shape for summer. I'm Italian. My shape is round. Get off my case, Karen. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things. We we eat, and hence the reason, oh, part of the reason why you know nickname is Tribble. I mean, we're we're short, we're round, furry, and we eat everything in sight. That's yeah. That's 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 um that's racial profiling. I don't like that very much anymore. The point, however, to food. In this particular instance, believe it or not, he's got everything to do with camaraderie. If there's one thing that I've learned being Italian is that everything surrounds food, the kitchen table. It is one of those few opportunities where a family, assuming that you have a, a family or a typical nuclear family and typical I will use scare quotes for, and it's one of those few times where you know you get the opportunity of you know getting together and maybe not exactly bonding but at least you get some time to be together and when i was growing up yeah i i fed the dog a little bit everyone we're not talking about me here we would have the chance of watching some tv shows because you know you you it's kind of what you did we had uh, we had this old black and white tv yep kids black and white until they were we finally got a color tv 
And there were shows that I remember from my youth, you know, back in the 70s. We didn't exactly watch All in the Family, but I saw a little bit of it. Uh, we watched MASH a lot. There were some TV shows that, you know, made, made an impression on me. Uh, very specifically Star Trek, as you can probably imagine, because we saw it in reruns back in New York City. Because, well, I'm not, I wasn't old enough to see it first run. My dad did. Me, not so much. I was born after it was canceled. But having the opportunity of just being together was something that, even though it was uncomfortable at times, because you didn't really want to talk about how you were doing at school, you kind of had to talk about parts and you learn how to be a little bit of evasive without making it very showy and you get to think that yeah you got away with it only to find out later no no because your parents knew better how to go ahead and lie better than you ever could because you know they've had experience they made all the same jokes and lies before too but at least having food to come around with is something that I think is really special because sometimes it isn't even being with your family. Sometimes it's with a much more extended family. When my wife and I got the chance to go to Japan, we got the chance to walk up part of part of Mount Fuji. And that took a while it was interesting to see that you could actually buy cans of compressed air if you've started to feel lightheaded. I thought that was kind of cool. But Fujin's aunt brought uh, not rice balls, but uh, rice, well, call them triangles, for lack of a better way of putting it, that were wrapped in seaweed. And these were these were snacks for us to be able to have that she made herself, which was great. After we got done, we went to a noodle shop of sorts, much more a, a, a soup place, where they had been using the same soup formula, the same ingredients list and, and noodles for, I forget exactly how long it was, I think, think, was something on the order of 500 years. Might have been longer <clears throat> by, you know, an extra decimal place. I don't really remember what it was, but it was an exorbitantly long amount of time. And we went as a family. And it's one of those things that I not only firmly remember being there, it's one of those things that I wish that I was able to have again with better memory. I wish that I had video or audio or, or something to remind me of what it was like at that moment where I didn't know any Japanese worth a damn. My wife knew a little bit and we had to communicate a lot through her cousin, believe it or not, with her uncle by trying to speak a little bit of Spanish because it was a common language Food is not only good to keep us alive, but it also keeps our spirit alive.
there's some things I just miss. It's episode 254 in the docket, Your Honor. Uh, really, the title says it all. I got nothing. Uh, I the last couple of weeks, uh, I've really well, of course, with the with the break in the middle, I've had a really hard time trying to deal with the stuff that's been in the news, the stuff that's kind of gone sideways from the news, what's been on YouTube, and try to figure out what do I want to talk about, what 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 should we talk about, what am I not sick and tired of talking about, what isn't just all about my country to talk about, and it's. This week, I just basically just threw up my hands and said, "You know what? I'm I'm kind of burnt. I need a week to just go ahead and say, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and we're just going to talk about whatever the hell we're going to talk about. I didn't want to go looking for like cards against humanity. Uh, I didn't want to go looking for for a game that we could play. I just wanted to just have us an opportunity to just talk, and in some case, maybe even just talk with you guys." Uh, in the live chat too, because you know that's that's just kind of the way that it's been. So we're we're basically going to take it from that angle. I did go looking to see if there was any news about Rafe Badawi. I got nothing yet again. Uh I do understand that the last I had heard, there was still more push diplomatically there's still more push from insuff uh and and you know people writing stuff to basically say this is why he should be you know taken care of this is why he's a hypocrite over there all, all this stuff but i have no new solid information which unfortunately is always is just more the norm than not as a recording of tonight's show this is now six years, nine months, 16 days since Rafe Badawi was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. We're still waiting. So let me make it real simple. Like I said, since I had not a hell of a lot of anything to, to kind of go off of, uh, let's, let's, let's cover, let's cover some of the stuff, um, that we kind of need to for house cleaning for the moment. Uh, as Joseph, uh, sorry, as Joey was saying, yeah, he, we've, we've got him for tonight and then there's going to be a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a pause for you. So Joe, I'm glad that we've got you at least for tonight. And um, I hope you got some sleep from last night. And you remember to turn on your microphone again. Are you even there? That's a good question. And what's the pause about? He's moving. Oh, yes. It's time. Yes. All right. And Joey, not there? There? Not there? Microphone? Mute button? No? Okay, whatever. Hmm. He's anyway. practicing. Yeah, could be. Anyway, so uh, a short version, yeah. Joe is going to be uh, Joe is going to be moving from PA. Uh, he's going to be a little out of communication for a little bit. Uh, not quite sure how long that's going to be taking. Uh, he'll be able to give us a little bit more of a fill-in, but a short version. Yeah, he's going to be missing for uh, uh, a couple of weeks, and you know, so 
anybody that starts to kind of wonder, well, gee, shit, did it? Did did the Grim Reaper finally get? No, the Grim Reaper knows better. Grim Reaper is going to come for him in his sleep because that's the only time he's not going to fight back. And even then, there's always know. the reflex. Yeah, 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 pretty much. So, um, I don't really have uh, I don't really have a, a hell of a lot of anything uh, on my plate for tonight. Um, like I like I joked about earlier, uh, the whole thing with the Mueller report coming through and whatever the hell it is, two million pages of documents uh, whittled down to four pages, and now everything's fine. No, you don't get to see these pages either. Yeah, yeah, it's, let's it's, let's it's just all, put it this all, way. If all the, the House and Senate and everything else were all Republicans and it was Hillary in office, oh yeah, that four-page report would not be the only thing that we'd get access to. Yeah. So yeah. why why are things that way? Because it's corrupt as hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and because we, you have you have what? one side that's used to doing things one way, another side that's used to doing things another way, and then you have, of course, all the up and coming risers who are trying to get their footholds based upon whatever position that they're um, marketing to the people. So basically, like, Dem Democrats don't want to play dirty. They will play dirty, but they restrict themselves so that they maintain their base more that they um, target whereas the republican sides depending on who's there if if there were more okay uh my mom has a name for them they call she calls them the old guard and that is the very old republicans who actually won't do things like step on mccain's name you know it's over it's done yeah, that's it. And a story. Um, Bush Senior's dead. You know, no, no more bad mouthing. The person's gone. You know, end of story. But then you have other ones that have no qualms about speaking ill of the dead and stepping yeah. all over them, raising up this and all that. So the old card didn't have a habit of doing that. There was a line that they drew in the sand. You have a lot there that are not of the old card, or some that just have zero scruples. Yeah, the stereotype basically comes down to this. Again, stereotype. Because this could happen on the Democratic side. We could see right. a swing where this actually starts occurring on the Democratic side. They're not a bunch of uh, no innocents um, in this. Okay, no. so here's 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 all right. Hold on. Here's the stereotype: the Democrats in the U.S. Are typically the typically stereotyping the lawful good category. They believe in the rule of law. They believe that everybody, including themselves, should be following the rule of law and to that end should also be following the spirit of the law because it's supposed to be in place in order to make sure that everyone is treated fairly and those that are most in need of support and protections are getting it where those that are less in need of that support don't abuse the privilege and the right versus again the stereotype on the republican side which would be again i'm reminding you as the stereotype would be whatever 
is going to benefit me and those that can benefit me later is good at the expense of those that are not powerful enough to pull themselves up to get onto my level so that we can support each other to get ahead of everybody else at whatever cost occasionally so they do so so instead of um when you have somebody in front of you at a disadvantage the republicans take advantage of that difference they exploit that difference whereas the democrats tried to even it out again as a stereotype i believe that would be a stereotype for a behavior pattern yes yes that's that's true as as the expression pattern is you know if it's observable and it's constant that doesn't mean like a stereotype is actually is it's a misjudgment yeah correct isn't it correct and the reason why i'm saying it that way is because uh, forgive me for wording it this way and i know some people are going to have their stomach cringe at me (laughs) not all democrats not all republicans Uh not all independents not all anarchists not all socialists not all whatever i know that and that's why i'm really harping on the stereotype not everybody's going to fit into that stereotype model and we know it i know it but it's a matter of that it happens too damned often to ignore it and that's it's sad well so the next what's to look at is why is that happening you have to look at the source of the the if you see a pattern there there has to be a source for the pattern for for many years joe and again I'm, i'm coming at this from an outsider but what i've seen for you know swinging either way in terms of politics because i mean i i got interested when reagan started you know then we got bush for bush one or <laughs> what did they call him bush 41 yeah sounds like a really bad beer but anyway bush the elder <laughs> yeah, yeah um or he lasted yeah he lasted for one term then you got clinton uh then you got bush two clinton was the first one i was able to vote for yeah and then you got obama and now you've got whatever the hell that's in there right now. Um, Ted Cheeto in charge. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, what, what was happening is there was a widening gap between the, the rich and the not so rich. Uh, the comedians talked about this a lot called the, um, the death of the middle class, mm-hmm. you know, because you were either like single income, uh, no kids or whatever. You you couldn't make it. You basically had to be in a, either a roommate situation or married uh, just to survive, because the economy was was going that way. Just prices were going up, taxes were going up. And I know and, dual income, no kid people right now. Yeah, who are floundering because of medical bills. Oh yeah, and 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 that's the other thing too. Like. Um, it turned into, I guess what you call crony capitalism. But both sides of the political spectrum were to blame because it was allowed to happen over, well, as far as I know, let's see, 8, 12, 20, well, well over 20 years. Yeah. Um, then when Hillary stepped up to uh, basically stole the, the, the DNC leadership, hey, look, 
yeah, I, no thought, I, thought, I thought Bernie had some good ideas, you know. Again, Still my do. opinion. Just Still my opinion. Do. Um that keyed a lot of outrage, a lot of disenchant and disenfranchisement. Sorry, I'm killing the English language here. It ticked off a lot of voters. Uh, a lot of Bernie supporters ended up voting for Trump out of spite for what for basically what they could perceive to be the betrayal of the D Democratic Party because yeah. they were they didn't want more of the same. And Hillary represented a lot of that. She was still big money. It, it would have been more of of the same. Now, unfortunately, the, the Cheeto he tried. I, I will give him this one. He did try. Whether it was an elaborate smokescreen, I don't know. But I think about the, the carrier plant he went to, where he promised this humongous tax break if a uh, carrier didn't outsource uh, its businesses and close that one particular plant. And of course, everybody went nuts. They're like, yay, he's keeping stuff in America. Yahoo. Uh, come to find out less than a year later, the, the company, uh, that plant, I don't know if it closed, but it still laid off a major amount of its workers because it still couldn't survive with a heavy taxation load in the U.S. So, you know, pe people are now are, are having a bit of a case of buyer's remorse. Um, That's an understatement. Yeah. But you're right about that, that line, Shujin, like the, the old guard versus the new guard. Like there, there was a sense of decorum. No, that was tax. Hmm? That was tax line. Oh, Okay. Credit where credit is due. Sorry. Okay. My, my bad. Um, but no, there is a line that you shouldn't cross. Like <laughs> I, I always go back to an episode, a few episodes of an old show, Allie McBeal. Okay. Don't judge. My ex-wife loved it. All right. It's okay. Old show. Yes. Older. Anyways. Old. At this point, it qualifies as it was the dancing baby meme. Come on. Yes. Oh, it, God. It, was, it was the birth of the internet memes as we know them. Uga chaka, uga, 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 chaka, uga. Anyway. Yeah, you know, if Guardian if Guardians of the Galaxy hadn't stolen that uh that song, we'd still be dancing with the baby. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Um I remember in that show that you had the DA and the defense lawyers and the judge and everybody in court ripping each other a new one to the point where it almost got personal you know there were insults there was questions of credibility there was all that but at the end of the day they all went to the same bar they all sat at the same table and they all drank and just mingled it's like there was they were able to separate personal from professional on all scopes same thing with actually up here. Um, former NDP had uh, Jack Layton. I mentioned this before. Um, he died um, of cancer years ago. I'm sorry. What? Tell Michael it wasn't personal. It was just business. Yeah. You know, Sully. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I couldn't. I no, couldn't no, not. I couldn't. That's not. fine. That's fine. Anyway. Um, Layton politically to me was an asshole. I didn't like his policies. I didn't like the fact that his interests were not serving his constituents. His, his sole goal was to oppose the government in any way, shape or form. 
you know, instead of providing the check and balance that's that the opposition is supposed to require to make sure that the ruling party is flying straight, he was just going to, you know, no, this sucks. No, this sucks, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Sound familiar, Mr. Ryan? Hmm? Sorry. Uh, I thought Paul Ryan was a dick. Anyway. Was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when he died, he got a state funeral, which is a little unprecedented that a few people kind of looked at Harper on that one going, what are you doing? But he respected him. He respected him as a politician and as a professional and apparently would have had no problem going out for a beer with him, you know, on, on a Friday night, you know, again, the separation, personal, professional. And I think the same thing, these old guard with uh, John McCain, they were able to do that. There's that ounce of respect, but this, oh boy, here I am sounding old again. This newer generation that's coming up. Thank you. Statesmen. Yes. These people are statesmen. They, they, they know that at the end of the day, they that they live in this world too. So you know what? Do what you're going to do in the office. But at the end of the day, go home, have dinner, and, you know, maybe you don't. Yeah, maybe you got policies that are ticking off a lot of people. Maybe you feel like shit for doing something like that. Pardon my French. But, uh, you know, that's your job. But these days, some politicians are taking, they are going too far. And the outrage mob isn't helping. I mean, you've got, you know, some people can't go into a restaurant now, even though they're just doing their job. I, to me, that just does not seem right. And if the shoe were on the other foot, if let's say Cortez walked into a restaurant and something got shouted out by a bunch of people, I guarantee everybody on the Democratic side would be completely up in arms over it. But they seem fine when, what is it, Huckabee Sanders gets thrown out of a place or somebody else gets thrown out of a place? That's well, garbage. Well, no, wait a minute. No, wait a two. Oh, God. For all of those of you who understand uh, Letterkenny, to be fair, yeah, I'm just waiting for the rest of you guys to go ahead and do that. So, seriously, to, to be oh, fair. Oh, 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 oh. Um, well, part of the reason why a lot of folks on the Democratic side or leanings are, quote-unquote, okay with it is because the rationale is and it would fit both feet to mix metaphors a little bit uh, and and down see 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 how this one fits for you they're a public person in public with no guarantee of privacy and they are in a place which is in public and they are protesting which is okay admittedly on on our side it's 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 specifically listed out as a federal thing that you could do in public granted doing it inside of a restaurant is pretty much a dick move but people who are public officials and in public 
are pretty much fair game for protest. And were it on the other foot, would they be upset that it was happening? Yes, but they would still uphold, again, the stereotype that it's your right to go ahead and protest. And if we're in public, well, we just have to suck it up and take it. The stereotype, yes. The cynic in me says they would call foul. I agree. Just watching what I've seen. Um, I, I no, I, I, I completely hear you. Yeah. And um, I, I just, I, I see a lot of stuff that is very unbecoming of, well, people in general. If I'm being perfectly honest. No, I, I got you on that one. Uh, Bridget w- would back this one up. I mean, how many times have we heard about uh, Republicans specifically? Who go back to their uh, go back to their states, go back to their uh, their govern um, their uh, shit their, uh, their Congress districts, and they say that they're going to go ahead and have an open house, and then suddenly, oh no, uh, no open house! You're you're not allowed to come in because we think that you're uh, from somewhere outside of our district, even though you've got paperwork that says otherwise, and we're going to shut you up. Yeah, that's a that's a fairly recent phenomenon. Well, I, say, are, yeah. I mean, since about 2010. It depends how fast they're gerrymandering the boundaries. But yeah, it's, that's... It's, it's like you're too good for us now. And we actually have had instances of Congress critters, at least here, who will meet with their constituents for a fee. Which is illegal as hell, but that's, you know, it's like an opportunity to pay 50 bucks and have lunch with me and we can talk. Wait, wait, only 50 bucks? That's not not bad. You see up here, when when some officials get together with their constituents, um, they actually do label it as a fundraiser. Well, yeah. Um, Well, they keep that kind of on the down low. Like it, it is sort of a meet and greet, but it's underwritten as a fundraiser. And I've seen... A couple thousand bucks a plate. You know, let's just do this. You're not going to get an audience and they won't talk to you. Actually, if you try to show up now and, you know, uninvited or unannounced, they'll just have you arrested. (laughs) It's no big deal. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of fear on, on both sides of the political fence of (laughs) just given the outrage culture that I'm seeing more and more these days. Mm -hmm. Um, where, yeah, I can kind of understand why you'd want to be, um, I don't want to say be discreet, but, um, definitely be careful because it wasn't a fear thing. It started just being a, a power trippy, you know, you're a low life and, and I don't need you kind of a thing. Well, okay. If it's that blatant, then yeah, that's garbage. I mean, that's, and, that's what it started out at. You know, you're not good enough. Uh, you're not important enough to waste my time with. Because uh, I remember when I lived in Arkansas, and this was you know, a long time ago, I could go to the state house at any time and talk to any, you know, of my representatives, no problem. And I, you know, I'm nobody. I'm just a person, you know, not a big donor or anything like that. And here, uh, uh-uh. and uh, in the people's house, you can't even go sit in and listen anymore on the. Um, during the congressional sessions uh, because you're just not allowed to. They just won't let you. Yeah. And and they'll have you arrested. Yeah. We've, we've, uh, we've gone ahead and and talked about that. I've specifically said about how, you know, on, on the Canadian side, 
you've got, you know, this hour is 22 minutes. Rick Mercer, they go, uh, Canadian Air Force, I believe, also did. They would just go up to uh, Parliament Hill. That oh. I, I've got the right name, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. At, at the federal level and just, you know, just pop in well, while the guys are just walking around in, in the in the hallways and just uh, Marge. Oh, God, what the hell was her name? Uh, Marg. Margadilla Hunty. Margadilla Hunty come over yeah. there. She's got her Xena outfit on yeah. and she's, oh my God, she's freaking oh, ancient as shit. You know yeah, what? But rocking the, it anyway. Uh, and one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but at the same time, she goes up there and she will just, like it's nothing, go up to the, the prime minister and just lean over onto his shoulder and talk like they're all buddy buddy and doing her comedy thing and nothing no no secret service dropping her to the to the floor or the pavement or whatever it's like yeah i'm, I'm here so that i can go ahead and take the piss out of you because you know it's what we do because we can well i'll do you one better oh uh when the yeah, politician, uh, no, no, no. when the politicians turn the tables on air farce <laughs> Good point. So, okay. Here's the situation. So they're on Parliament Hill. You've got the fake Pamela Wallen and the fake Jean Chrétien, and they're doing an interview. And then the real Pamela Wallen shows up and says, "That's not how you interview the Prime Minister." She takes the mic from the fake one. Now, oh, and so, sorry, guys. Uh, Pamela Wallen is a journalist for CBC News, or she used to be. Uh, she was on Parliament Hill. She would actually interview a lot of the very uh, powerful um, prime ministers and other politicians. They knew who she was. Um, so, yeah. So the real Pamela Wong comes out and starts interviewing the fake Jean Chrétien. A few minutes later, the prime minister, Jean Chrétien, shows up. That is not how you answer interview. So he pushes the fake Jean Chrétien out of the way. And they finished the bit on Air Force. <laughs> That's good natured. That really is. It, it, was, it, it was. I, and I remember having seen that yeah. and not even really understanding at first what the hell was going on. Yeah. And when the I finally realized, it was like, what the hell did I just see? Yeah, the, the magnitude of that I gesture yep. is phenomenal. And I mean, we look at it as kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, that that's normal. You know, the... Um, when the Tragically Hip did their final concert uh, because of uh, Gordon Downey, you pan the camera around, there's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in the crowd, Tragically Hip shirt on, trying as hard as he could not to ball his eyes up. I mean, he grew up with that band. So did I. For And yet, do you ever think you would see that kind of just confidence and self-awareness from a American politician, an American politician. Let's use proper English here. I can so, answer that question. I can answer so. that question. The closest we've had in the last several presidencies is Obama getting on Twitter, trying to dunk a cookie into his glass of milk and saying, "Thanks, Obama." Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. The one I was most, the one I was thinking the most of was Bill Clinton playing the sax in the band on the Arsenio Hall show. For a that couple, was a couple of presidencies ago, to be fair. Yes, be it fair. was. Um, still awesome. Um, but no, to, to answer your question, um, Rick Mercer on Talking to Americans. He got, Thank uh, you. 
he got about 15 feet from then governor George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. And oh, Oh God, I forget what it was that he asked him about. I don't know what it was, but Georgie did not like Ricky too much. He, um, you were talking about secret service. Yeah. A couple dudes in sunglasses were kind of like looking at Rick. Like you got 10 seconds to evacuate the premises or then we start firing. So yeah. Um, it hasn't always been that way though. Yeah. But, but there is a stark difference, uh, definitely between, uh, Canadian and uh, American politicians and the way they deal with their people. Yep. Bridget, you were, you, you wanted to, you wanted to chime in there. Yeah. A couple of things. I mean, when Bill Clinton was my governor, uh, you know, I went to his office one time to invite him to speak at a rally that I was throwing and it was no big deal. I mean, just to pop in, he had time for everybody back then. But what I was going to say is uh, back in 2010, before the uh, Tea Party takeover of my freaking state, when we still had statesmen, you know, serving and, and things like that. Uh, you know, this was back during the days when Dick Luger was still, you know, a, a representative <laughs> things like that. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Well, hold, hold, hold it. Hold it. Was that a name or was that a medical diagnosis with you? I can't really tell right now. What, Dick Luger? Yeah, he was my congressman from Indiana. Okay, oh God. I don't know. With you, is, and he had been for like thirty years, and then he got primaried by a Tea Party asshat and lost. I'm oh. sorry, I, yeah. I don't mean to derail anybody on this, but that yeah. sounds like the most German porn name I've ever heard. Ever, anyway. Oh, the, the variations on with of that my name story. Two minutes were, were glorious. But on 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 with my story. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, we still had statesmen that were um, in office in this state. Uh, I, my daughter and I had problems with our passports. Um, apparently, our stuff had gotten lost, and they take all of your original documents to get passports. And we had already, you know, bought tickets to go to Jamaica that were non-refundable and all this other stuff. And so, our stuff was lost. We called the office in Chicago, they couldn't find our stuff. We couldn't get our passports. We couldn't get our papers back. I was livid, contacted my representative. And two days later, my stuff showed up. My passports, my documents, everything. Now, if the same thing had happened today and I tried to call and get help, they would tell me to go fuck off. But in, in, in 2010, well, probably not. It depends on who, well, the rep that I have now, no, it was probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've lost all sense of decorum. But, uh, but I would not be able to get assistance like that today if I needed it. Because, you know, I, I'm not rich. I didn't donate $50,000 to the GOP. And, you know, I'm nobody. They wouldn't this, You know, and, 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 and isn't that the biggest problem that we've got? I mean, how, don't how many have access or representation anymore unless you have money to buy it? Well, e even more basic than that. I mean, how many times do I keep repeating the same damn thing about me versus we the way that, you know, there is so much more solidarity with Canadians amongst each other? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the minor, the smaller pieces aside for a second versus with us, it tends to so much more be a clawing match between everybody trying to get, you know, 
uh, above whatever line that people. This was know. a party thing too, though, because when I call no, I, I agree. Brad also was a, a Democrat. Okay, and that's who my rep was at the time. But, but all I had to do is make one phone call to his office. They handled it. It's not just, it's not a matter of government though. Well, well, I'll admit it's part of it, but up here, it's a cultural thing too. Yeah, that's, that's my point. Like there's. You guys, so, it no, comes down to this, man. You guys, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. You guys care about each other in the grand scheme, in the, in the large way you guys. Okay. Let, let me put it this way. If you were driving along the highway and you had been long drive, you'd gotten some snack food from a burger joint. I'm not going to name names, Harvest. And you had <laughs> garbage. Would you throw it out the window? No. Nope. No. Now, here here's the thing. On a scale of on a scale of 0 of no, I wouldn't even care about it to Oh my God, that's not even something that I would even consider. I'm pretty much guessing that you would be pretty much up in the 11 category. That no way. Why the hell would I ever do that? Yeah, I would personally, a lot of people I know would. Um, but, but of course, again, you're looking at stereotypes. Yeah. Because, you know, for every, I'd say for every, you know, 50 people you meet, you know, who are like your typical Canadian, you're going to meet that one asshat. Usually oh, yeah. a Walmart or at a gas station. But uh, you know, again, <laughs> I'm and here the numbers are reversed, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, you know, and but again, it does come down to sort of a cultural thing. Like, yeah, we we do have a little bit more. Uh, we're known for having a little bit more empathy. Little. Um, well, come have on, you ever heard? Have Dude. you ever heard that saying? Beware the toes you step on today. Because they might be attached to the ass you have to kiss tomorrow. Yeah, I've heard that one. And yeah, hold hold that thought. And uh, I, I counter that one with: we had to have a goddamn PSA in the seventies to try to shame people into not throwing garbage out their car window with the crying Indian. Mm -hmm. Which today would probably land you. 5,000 or more ist or phobe descriptions of you uh, by today's current outrage mob. But that's yeah. another story entirely. But uh, no, I, I see where you're coming from. But yeah, no, up and here. That's and that's going to go to our detriment. Yeah, so and and things are changing around here, sadly, not for the better. Like um, the province I live in is currently in the middle of an election campaign. Um. The government we've had for the past four years has been um, what we call NDP or New Democratic. Uh, they're fairly left-leaning. Um, they want to do things like tax the rich, um, more social programs. Uh, they implemented a carbon tax here, which kind of sucks, but compared to the one that the feds uh, handed down, it's a lot better. A lot of things. And we have a new conservative party. And they, oh man. The, the, the conservatives were big when oil was big here. 
-hmm. when oil was worth over a hundred dollars a barrel, when, you know, it was like a crushing gas price at the pumps for those of us not in the, in the oil business. You know, I, I, I was talking with a guy who was in the oil patch and when he talked about how, you know, pissed off he was that, you know, oil's not doing so well. And I said, so you'd like to see, you know, a dollar 20, a dollar 30, a liter at the pumps. He says, yeah, cause that means I got a job. I'm like, well, what about the rest of us who can't afford it? Who aren't in the oil patch? And he looked at me like I was from another planet. Yeah. Like I, I actually, I tend to stay out of the oil and gas industry because it's so boom and bust <laughs> that I can be working for, I could be working, making 90 grand a year for two years. And then I'm out in my ass. And who knows when I'd get my job back, you know, the, I'm not um, making that kind of coin now in the IT industry, but at least what I'm making is consistent, um, guaranteed more or less that, you know, I'll have a job so long as there are a lot of us, uh, senior citizens. Um, so, you know, so hang on, hang on y'all for a few more years because I, I need your business. Um, <laughs> but, um, Mm, not you know, so much. And unfortunately for the um, for the province, as much rhetoric as is being thrown about the uh, this new conservative party, they are apparently leading in the polls right now. And okay, fine, he wants to push through uh, pipelines to help improve the provincial economy. Okay, I can run with that. But the Democrats want to do that too. But some of the other things he's taking he's taking stabs at. In particular, my, my hottest button topic with him is the GSAs. He's looking, there's always been a big kerfuffle here about school GSAs, gay straight alliances. Mm -hmm. um, the idea behind them is that a student could join one for support and the parents did not have to be informed because where do 90% of the repercussions come from for, for that? Well, guys like the current head of the UCP, which is what they're called, they want to have uh, full transparency to the parents as to what their kids are doing, including joining GSAs, which are trying to save them from, you know, to have their support system without fear of retribution. And this guy wants to take it away. Yeah, the problem and with something... Yeah, the problem with something like that is I can I can see where there could be a semi-valid rationale behind the thing. Uh, Tech, you were you're looking to pop in a, a couple of moments or two, I think. I, I yeah, I was trying to figure. I was going to interject with a word, and I forget what the word is. But it, we see that um, there is a huge disconnect in terms of. Uh, what's going on in reality around the middle class, the lower, the, the lower class, the middle upper class, and even the regular upper class versus the, oh my God, I have money. I can throw it and do anything class. And, you know, uh, one of the examples are let them go out and buy a gallon of milk. You know, we've had we've had the occasional politician who's made some really weird, wonky statement like, "You have to show ID to buy milk." It's like, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> you might have to show ID if you're using a credit card that says CID on back instead of your signature, but no, you don't get carded to buy milk. 
like, where the hell are you buying your milk at? And that's the thing. They don't go buy milk. They have people who do it for them. Mm -hmm. And um, that talk about how that one guy was giving you a look like you're from another planet. That's what happened to Marie Antoinette. You know, let them eat cake if they're hungry. They can't afford cake. They're, you know, the whole idea of pull them up by the bootstrap used to be a statement of that's an impossibility. And now it's treated like, oh, if you're poor, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You'll be fine. And they mean it as, you know, encouragement. It's like, dude, you're using that in a way that it's not supposed to be used. Well, you don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think it means I know it doesn't mean what you think it means. Well, like we have the politicians now that say if you, you know, take away people's, you know, SNAP benefits and, you know, housing assistance and things like that, that'll give them dignity. Yeah, let's take all their stuff away and let them starve and that'll make them. And the, the problem with that is so much of this is based on what was it like when I was growing up? Why can't you do it the same way as what I had without taking into account the fact that times have changed situations have changed the entire dynamic has changed mm -hmm. over the last well let's face it 50 years, 50 years. <laughs> mm -hmm. you've basically it comes down to a mix of conformity and non-thought i mean people mindlessly repeating the same patterns because i mean it's they think it's good quote unquote good for their survival it's all they know how to do and well, 50 years ago, you could have, you know, a single income household and have them quite comfortable. Yeah. yeah. There is no such thing anymore. I think they've, they've already got, you know, what they, they, they've already got that. So when they talk to the young, younger generation, it's like, I don't want to call it a cognitive dissonance because that requires cognition. Yeah. But basically, there's nothing wrong as long as you don't think about it. If you just mindlessly repeat a behavior, as long as you don't think about it, no, there's nothing wrong. Well, look at what, what's the old uh, one of the oldest economic saws that the uh, the right and the conservative party has talked about: trickle down economics. You know, and I actually listened to a conservative talking head about this to, to find out exactly what it was because I've heard it's a load of crap. But you know, let me find out what it is, and then I'll tell you. Then I'll see if it's a load of crap. So what it is is that, you know, the, the the rich will invest in business, in the economy, whatever. That money will flow down. Um, basically, it, it will flow down and people will eventually be able to contribute to the economy. But the trouble is, in all these years, I've only ever heard of one business. Oh, yeah, that the, the tax break. I've only ever heard one business that actually took advantage of it to invest and grow and actually employ more people. The trouble with these trickle-down economics and the and the big tax cuts to business is that they're not using it to further invest and expand. They're using it so that their, their upper echelons get these humongous uh, bonuses mm -hmm. and screw the workers. Yep. So, but, but, the conservatives, they they constantly say, oh, well, that this kind of economy, it works. It's never worked. But they insist it does. They, they continue pounding that narrative. It works for them. Exactly. It works for the people there to whom they're pandering. You know, if you take most 
basic human instinct. And you consider that, you know, if we're going to live with other humans, we depend on all those other humans just as much. We depend on their survival for our own survival just as much as we depend on our own. If we choose to other to live with other humans, but mm -hmm. with the Republican mentality, and I don't want to go into a stereotype here, but they, it's like they try to resolve the cognitive dissonance. If they thought about it, um, they want to make all the profit they want from all the people they want, all while pretending those other people don't exist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like and they don't the way, understand. Oh, go ahead. No, like you got you got companies that outsource because they want to cut costs. Mm -hmm. But the trouble is, you're taking jobs away from basically from your customers. So yeah. you can't feed, so you outsource to create your product. You bring the product back into the states. But nobody can afford it because they don't have the jobs because you took them away to this other place to cut costs. It's like you're shooting yourself in the foot and smiling while you're doing it. Yeah, uh, there's you know? uh, something that uh, Stephanie put actually two items. And yes, we know the let them eat cake was propaganda. We 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 know you know I'm I'm not ragging on you. It's just a matter of that the associated meaning. In 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 the in the in the whole thing, we we know it wasn't really her. It's anyway, you, you get the idea. Uh, but also did say the Republican elite do not live with the rest of us. In in metaphorical terms, more than anything else, for the let me let me let me pause there a second. In a metaphorical sense, I wholeheartedly agree because it's not just a it's not just a physical location they don't live where we do but those that live in areas where they are economically depressed and i i you know how much i hate using euphemisms like this but it's typically the designation um, that applies as as a person who's traveled um <laughs> into many states of your great country <clears throat> i've seen some cities that i honestly wonder is there even hope of recovery i've been to i've been to places where transit agencies have have a number of vehicles i can count on two hands Mm -hmm. Anywhere and, in the Rust Belt. No, th th this was actually close to the border, uh, my oh. border. Um, Hell, I can uh, give you a first-hand account of that. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we drove too. through. We drove through places, and it's like there's nothing there. Like the, you could see the economy just pounded. This yeah. place, o Oklahoma City. I've been to areas where. Entire streets worth of businesses are all boarded up. Yep. Um, yep. Yet, the closer you get to the downtown, well, okay, it did look great after they fixed it, but then they decided they were going to put a streetcar system into the downtown area, so 
quite literally in the seven years I worked for this company, I have watched Oklahoma City get torn up, repaired, and it's being torn up again. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Yeah. Where, where I was actually getting to with it, though, was those that are staunchly Republican who are in who are in economic dire straits, who are in economically depressed areas, mm -hmm. they really don't live with the rest of us. They don't live. They don't. They don't live in their own heads in the reality of what is. I, but they aim far much more for the what I'm going to get. Because. And yeah. go ahead. If I can. Um, because that's whatever they're hoping for in their minds is not coming from them. It's coming from someone else. Funny you these, should say that. These people aren't, it, it may sound a bit extreme, but these people have no responsibility for their own survival. You know, they think if they serve the man, if they behave in a certain way, they're going to get reward. And the reason why I say funny you should put it that way is because where I was going to take this into was, geez, it's funny how that type of situation. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to ball it all into bad learning or anything like that. The type of situation also follows into a religious overlap. That's I'm so having a hard time now, but. No, you're I'm going to get later because blah. Well, you're completely you're completely onto it. Yeah. it. And that's exactly because, you know, um, whether you take the corporate system or the religion system, you have the same behavior pattern happening, happening in both. You've got followers depending on the leader, decider, provider to mm -hmm. tell them what's right and wrong, good and bad, what to consume, what not to consume, the latest product. And you know, where whatever. they're going to finally get their payoff. Yeah, and if you do, if you behave this way, you're going to get a reward. Well, and I said it before, um, you know, when I was in sort of dire straits for the longest time, you know, I started looking at, you know, the, the books, you know, The Secret, Deepak, all the all those great self help people that you know, we have we have the solution for you. And you become so desperate for some kind of relief that you'll you follow anything. Of, yeah, you'll follow but, anything that looks shiny because it because of the promise that it's going to be better for you if you just do this. The people it's like who I said publish the shit like that. Do, can you imagine the evil? Because these people are quite aware that you're at a disadvantage, and they know that if they do this, that you're gonna you're gonna take the bait. It's oh, like a yeah. calculated oh, yeah. exploitation of someone else's disadvantage. And I, I think this is really what sh we should rail against. Yeah. But and the like, trouble is, at least in U.S. politics, what I've seen is that the subtlety's out the window. Like, it's blatant what, what's being done to people. And you watch and them just... Care. What's, most, 
what's most amazing i mean you can follow this back to like reaganomics um you know these these people in positions of quote-unquote power they just their behavior gets progressively worse and worse mm -hmm. since mm -hmm. then and they themselves must be amazed that the reaction is nothing it's just acceptance yeah. and they just keep upping the ante and it's just like you know like oil profits look at the you know they're making like what three thousand percent profit on a barrel of oil or something like that it, it's it almost becomes a question of like how far can we push these people before they finally wake up and rebel like honestly i think that's what they're waiting for they're, they're waiting for a flashpoint where... well look at history it's it's that, that's happened again and again and again oh yeah uh, i honestly i think um well we don't exactly have the um the, the huns waiting for us uh oh that's rome as rome did but i, I think uh well, Rome did it with their their exploitation of the. They became so dependent on slavery that they, you know, yeah. they. It's it's kind of like these, these factory towns. Like you've got this entire town, you know, you've got a, a small town that, uh, for example, if a town is reliant on the tobacco industry, okay, you got tobacco farmers, but in the middle of town, um, you've got uh, your your bakery and all this you've got the local commerce so yeah. you know it's a complex intertwining the economy there is complex which is actually a good thing but then you've got these towns that are entirely built around one factory yeah and everything within that town depends on the existence of that one factory i don't know if you remember uh, a couple shows ago i made an analogy about uh um Again, it's kind of sounds kind of condescending, but it's about about rats being brought up in a cage where there's only one feed tube, mm -hmm. and they're trained to behave a certain way. If they behave in a certain way, then food comes out of the feed tube, and you know, after a while, they don't know how to, you know, they have no other option for surviving. They don't know what else to do. Yeah. So you've got these towns where you know you've got people to train to rely on this source whether it be a factory or whatever it is i mean i mean you can go beyond just the the factory example but they're trained to rely on one one source and once that source disappears they don't know what else to do they just sedate mm -hmm. they stagnate and it's this behavior pattern i think we should really look at yeah why why aren't people thinking of other alternatives they're not thinking of other alternatives because many of them don't have the upbringing for it. They don't, they, many people are missing the ability to think critically about their own lives as well as the lives of others. Many people are, were not brought up with uh, a true concept of empathy because there's only so much that's ingrained. Um, you can learn to get rid of it. You can learn to enhance it. Um, and then you have people who have literally no education. Like uh, there were interviews of people out in the Midwest in areas of Kentucky and such where basically the only way they make a living is by either selling drugs or quite literally living off the land. Before and you get too far, can, can, I, can I 
can I, I I completely agree with you on that point, but let's take it from another this, angle. This this point though isn't for you. This point is for the listeners. And in these interviews, the people who were interviewed by the news people, they were saying, "Hey, look, you know, you're supporting such and such politician who is trying to get rid of these." programs that you have admitted that you are using right now and it's the only reason you're keeping your nose above water but they're getting rid of it how is that helpful you know why aren't you voting for these other people over here and they're these people are on the opposite these other politicians are on the opposite side of the spectrum and and their responses were basically boiled down to oh well it's got to get better sometime you know and they know what they're doing and it, it, it it's a good thing and, and this, that's because they're not taught to think for themselves. But this, this, this is going back to what you were saying about education. I wanted to take the education yeah. part, but from a different angle. Because this empathy for our fellow human and all this, and our ability to think critically, we have these naturally. This has to yes. be actually educated out of us. Well, in, in defense of people in general, people have it at different levels naturally. Some of people course, are yeah. right because some people aren't aware of but that. Let's put it this way that we all have this ability. Right. We and, have this unless potential. there's something truly mentally wrong. Yeah, until unless there's something physically Yeah. Wait. And which is very, very, very few of us. Yeah, I mean we've we've talked about it a lot on I don't even know how many occasions. Uh it Bridget, you know, you you and me, we've we've banded this over. Uh rats. Uh, show sympathy for each other in cages. Um, uh, 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 various uh, various primates have shown elephants, for crying out loud, have been shown to try to help each other out of you know mud pits and such. Yeah. So what the hell is wrong with us? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, let's 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 make it even uh, let's make it even easier. Uh, how many times have we seen uh, stuff come across on Facebook where? Uh, a uh, a litter of kittens are suddenly orphaned, and uh, another other species female takes them in and mm. nurses them up and takes them and weans them and the whole thing. Yeah. The thing the thing is with humans is that we're basically you know we've got everything that animals have. Um, we're basically we're a computer with the ability to program itself which is the critical thought part. Now, if you take away the critical thought part, you've got the, the animal part and, um, you know, we can have all the same morals and behavior as animals do, but, um, you know, we can also assess and reprogram that behavior. And, you know, that, that works both ways. We can actually improve on our animalistic behavior or we can, you know, make it worse i think we make it worse uh, yeah because even, there's even some animals children, that like you're saying empathy towards each other well that's that's just it like kids aren't racist kids aren't um there is a sort of um yeah thing, well it's uh, beginner racism based on visuals well, you know what yeah, you're used but, to seeing in your group versus not but they're, in they're, your group. as soon as but they the, realize that something's not a danger though. they'll they'll yeah. It, it's very it's very it's almost the lizard part of the brain once they realize something's not a danger they they, they easily right. discard um the 
I don't know, the difference information. Well, that's new. They look at something, they say, oh, that's new. That's different. I've never seen that before. And once they discover um, that it's not a danger, then they can just, you know, discard it. It doesn't, it doesn't ring a bell anymore. It doesn't sound any alarms. The, the deep-seated racism and hatred is learned, Ted. Yeah, that, 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 that's exactly the point. Yeah, I was, I was just trying to make sure that we didn't discount the fact that there is the, the, the animal version is different from the crap we see on our televisions. But in either case, our critical thought allows us to assess and retrain like in earlier years, like I'm, I've even been aghast at my own behavior. Like when I was, um, my first years in Paris, um, I was in the Metro and I, I, I saw a couple, it looked like Indian or Pakistani. Um, you know, I saw them standing together and I, I was expecting when I heard them talk, I'd go, yeah, we'd get some sort of like a Punjab accent or something like that. Perfect English. You know, and I was like, why the fuck did I think that, you know? So I, I get the ability to to assess my own reaction at that. And that's what critical thought brings to you. This ability to control your own, you know, even hormonal reactions and everything. And some people are really good at bringing out that good part, that that critical thinking part. There was a man, there's a man named Daryl Davis. I don't know if he's still alive or not, but he's a blues musician. I put the link in the, the comment section to add to YouTube later. And he spent three decades befriending members of the Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan, the KKK. For those people who are not familiar with the, the KKK or the Ku Klux Klan, they're a group of white supremacists. They date back a long time. They're the ones who wear the white robes, burn crosses, hang black people, all that crap that you've heard come out of this country as well as others. There's a podcast and on that. Yeah, I think. <laughs> so anyway, he's managed, he, he has, at the time of the article, which was August of 2017, so that may, <clears throat> if he's still alive, that number may have climbed. He convinced 200 white supremacists, 200 KKK members to give up that life, to give up that racism, that hatred. One man can do that. And he did it just by befriending them and talking to them and developing a relationship of understanding, just sitting down and having dinner with them. Uh, it comes back to the whole food thing. <laughs> you know, you can uh, like Anthony Bourdain, you know, in, in his shows when he was alive, he, he constantly referenced how, uh, and Andrew Zimmerman, uh, bizarre foods and the rest of those things you have all these people who are constantly showing that you can sit down and have a meal, be a bonding experience and create relationships. And this is something that can be used to help open eyes. You know, but when you it's, put it's a, a wall and no pun intended, I'm not referring to the head Cheeto on this. When you put up some sort of blockade that prevents the politicians from speaking to the people. They're in their own world at that point. Whether they built the wall themselves or whether somebody else did it, it's a problem. Keep the wall idea, but go back to what you were saying earlier about um, your immediate environment. <clears throat> what mm -hmm. you're describing is in-group and out-group behavior. 
which is also very instinctive, which means, um, you know, like you can extend that it's beyond racism and everything. You can go to homosexuality, uh, whatever. But as soon as you have somebody who's part of your clan that displays different behavior, you know, as soon as you have no other choice to, but to interact with that behavior and then discover that it's actually, it's not dangerous, it's not bad or whatever, then it becomes part of your in-group. Go you ahead, Sush. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about something. Uh, well, the, two things. Uh, first off, uh, Stephanie was also saying, uh, when driven down to abject poverty and despair, you lose all empathy in the drive to survive. Okay, yeah, that happens. No argument. Uh, also saying, uh, and you can miss the way out in your despair to hang on to what worked before. No argument whatsoever. And and we're, I think that collectively we're all on board with you on this. And, and, yeah. and building on what, what Stephanie said and what Joseph just said, is that you have the, the this clan this collective mind now this doesn't happen in all the rich people but on the political side of things we've seen we've actually heard of cases where the kids of these political fam the, uh, the the members of the political families uh have actually admitted that in their family you know if they don't upkeep this appearance Cheney. of richness this appearance of clothing, this appearance of opinion, and this appearance of action, then they feel that the family acts in a way that makes them feel devalued and not wanted. Yep. All right. Now, here's the piece that I wanted to get to, because there, there was something about what you were saying, Joseph, about how um, that whole in-group, out-group thing, and I hadn't thought about it this way before. And uh, Joey, if you're, I, I assume that you are still with us at the moment, right? He might not be. Yeah, that's why I wanted to double check. All I right, we'll, we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see. Oh, you are there. Okay, good. Because I want to pitch this over to you, because I think that you, believe it or not, might be one of the best people for this. What happens when you get a bunch of three-year-old kids? together in a room and they're from different nationalities maybe even different languages various different skin tones different types of outfits to wear what do those three-year-old kids do generally speaking if you're talking like complete strangers meeting each other for the first time um they'll be generally speaking from my experience they uh they'll spend the first couple of minutes kind of like looking at each other and you know, they'll note the differences between each other and they'll talk about them, but say that there's a bunch of toys or whatever in a toy box uh, off to the side, or at least some kind of activity that they can begin doing. I guarantee you uh, after the, about the first five minutes, there's not going to be any questions of, well, why are you black or, why are you a girl or anything like that? They're just going to be playing with each other. Because Legos unite the world. <laughs> well, it's, you know, we you chuckle sarcastically at that, but there's some truth to that, man. When Lego got even something... early, on, early on advertised boys and girls on their products, you know, they sure they didn't make the whole pink Lego sets, sense, uh, sets back then. 
but they did show, you know, advertisements that, you know, Legos are good for girls. Legos are good for boys, you know, and yeah. you put a bunch of kids in a room with a big pile of Legos. <laughs> They're going to be entertained for a long time. Yeah. This is, so this is uh, all boy or girl, because I mean, this yeah. is all yes. training. Yeah. yeah. But my, my point is I, I hadn't really thought of it this way before that whole in group out group thing that we've, that, that we've talked about that you've, it doesn't exist with children. Yeah. Well, it, it definitely exists, but even in myself, I mean, even this is from like self observation. Well, like, um, okay, I'm working in fashion. Um, so like you, you see this happening all the time in fashion. You've got people from one, you know, one house clan. Uh, oh, sure. Um, and I really have to check myself really sometimes when when dealing with these people. Yeah, but where I was going with it is. There is a certain it's, it's, there's a certain point in our early development where the in-group out-group dynamic is far and away more social than hardwired. And I really well, hadn't thought about that before. And that's really interesting because when we're really young, uh, we depend on you know our our elders or whatever. We have no choice but to depend on them to tell us what's safe and dangerous and all that but once that becomes ingrained in us well there's the training and then we get to a certain age where we become responsible for other people's survival and then perpetuate the cycle and that perpetuates it and ingrains it even deeper because of our education you know uh if we if we don't decide for ourselves what's good or bad or you know um right or wrong or whatever and we're just following an example we have no choice but to train our young in the same way yeah so the, the, a couple couple of other things that kind of go along with this one for a second and we're um, really tapping into the lizard part of the brain here yeah yeah Be um, because there's no other option once there's absent critical thought there's no other option that's the only survival option and I it all you. comes down to the instinct of the the need to survive it all goes down to there and that's yeah, where and, the violence comes from yeah and 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 working off of that because it, it kind of screwed us up joey you we've talked about it before the whole thing in the 50s to 60s i think it was what it was when the whole uh uh whatever that scientist god damn it i'll remember it eventually um who was doing all the stuff about lead and poisoning in the environment in the late 20th century Yep. And how much of a difference that was doing and screwed up um uh the the uh, what the hell was it that he was finding that was happening societally? Violence, yeah. aggression. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it, it had a number of both psychological and physiological effects on the population at large. Yeah. And 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 following that along a second. Bridget lead poisoning is not something that you can just take a pill for or go go along with get a transfusion for that's something that sits with you for basically the entirety of your lifetime no yeah pretty much lead is a heavy metal it will embed itself into your skeletal structure and uh the development of of the uh, fetal brain, if I remember right, 
that gets screwed up from from all that stuff, right? It gets screwed up from a lot of things, but yeah, heavy metal poisoning is not not a good thing to have. Ever. No. And, and it can also cause premature births, uh, low birth weight, weight, which has been associated with uh, premature death, <laughs> uh, slowing just, your growth, um, later on developmental de delay, learning. I'm just going off the list here. Learning difficulties, uh, high irritability, uh, loss of appetite, sluggishness, fatigue, pain, vomiting, difficulty loss. reading later in life. Yep, seizures, um, and then actually for women, miscarriage, stillbirth, premature birth, death. For men, reduced sperm count. And that's just the human aspect of it. In yep. general, one can simply say. Lead is not conducive to living functions. Yeah. Right. Especially if it's made into a bullet. Yeah. Now, here's kind of uh, part of... By the way, Tech, I, I, I don't know if you just glossed over it because I was being an asshole. That was the Mayo Clinic. Okay. No, because I, I did kind of interrupt you there and said... Uh, no, no, no. It was cool. In, in it, you, you didn't... You didn't you, you, okay, you know what? You can do listen to the, the, no, where I was going with this was we started to get rid of this finally starting to have it all happening 60s and into the 70s, which took just too damn long as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. But it was getting better. And it's about to get worse. Yeah, We were getting rid of lead paint and all sorts yep. of stuff. Lead all that right then now flint came along well okay that's 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 another piece but i'm kind of following down i'm kind of following down an avenue here because I, i'm going to pull Dallin into this in a, in a couple of seconds because <laughs> I, I i don't know that you're necessarily going to have the info but i i kind of want to pitch it out your way a little bit more sure when the economy was different going here in the u.s the 50s, 60s, even into the 70s, you could still have a single, you, you could just have one person in the family earning a full-time job and still be able to have stuff that could be afforded. Mm -hmm. For instance, being able to have one of the family adults staying in the house full-time. Mm -hmm. And there is there is no doubt that having a supportive parental figure adult adult figure adult figure mm -hmm. in early development is a huge help for being able to have social awareness for being able to learn social cues empathy of course is one of those things because it's what you see is how you act. Now, th where I wanted to go with this, Dallin, is that, like I was saying, up into the, e even into the mid-70s, over here, we still had that luxury. And as it got into the late 70s, early 80s, that started to change around a lot because, you know, Two parents working, latchkey kids coming home after school. And, and I don't remember that. Over on your side, even to today, to the best of my recollection, 
there is relatively long-term support for families having kids. If I remember correctly, two, three, four months or something along those lines. No, there is something. Um, I don't know if, it, if we have it anymore, but there used to be a, um, a family allowance that was doled out. So if you had, depending on how many kids you got, the feds would cut you a monthly check to help you take care of your kids. Um, daycares, there's been a lot of work on that for, um, you know, keeping the costs down so that parents can take advantage of it. Um, and also so that daycares can actually function because, you know, it, it, there does come a point where you start charging a little bit too much, you're not going to get any business. Um, that was sort of the big thing. And now um, you can have, well, obviously you can get maternity leave, but now there's also paternity leave that's uh, becoming more popular now so that, you know, you can have both parents at home for an extended amount of time, or the mother goes off work for a year to, to take care of the kid. And then when, when she goes back to work, the father can then take his paternity leave for X amount of months to, to make sure that the, the child is still, um, there's still that presence. So yeah, there are, there are things that are in place, I would say, but, but I, I don't know it's um any different than than in the states i think you can get the same things can't you no oh, fuck no you don't even get paternity leave in the states in most places you have to take unpaid leave and so like in my case after i had my daughter i had to go back to work uh three weeks after i had her because i was on unpaid leave and that's all i could afford so here's where i'm taking this Hold on to that idea for a second, Dallin, because I, have I can see having to work two or three jobs a piece just to make it. Yeah, because I, I, mean, I mean, I was lucky when my son was born. I had two weeks of vacation time saved up there. My company had no and still the company I worked for then still doesn't have any kind of paternity leave. So at the end of two weeks, I was told, hey, you got to get back to work. So well, he, here's get FMLA if. If the place you work for has 50 or more employees, if you work for a place that has 49 employees, they don't have to give you any kind of time at all after you pop out a kid. They were so, having to go back to work after three or four days. So here's where I was going to go with this. And Joseph, I'm going to be coming back for you at this point with all of those pieces in place, finding out that over here, kids aren't really supported and families have to kind of struggle in order to be with kids you know infants that are being raised up and they're not getting any support and they gotta claw their way around with that by comparison to how with canada at least there is help there is some support even i mean shit, there is support i mean there's no two ways about it versus you know over here where it's private if you're lucky and public if you're working for a good enough job for who only knows how long you have to be in order to qualify but that's all there the piece is it any surprise that the climate here in the u.s 
is so much the claw your way out of wherever you are at everybody else's expense and step on anybody that you can or that that you know that my group not my group is is as prevalent as it is over here do you think uh, the biggest as far as that kind of uh situation is considered the biggest difference that I noticed between the U.S. and practically every other country that I've been in is the difference between uh, self and the community. And yeah, you can look, you can uh, say how naive and nostalgic I'm being. You look at, you know, leave it to Beaver. And all those types of older TV shows for the U.S. And you notice things are a little different in there than they are with, say, modern television. Uh, back then, if Beaver got into trouble, the neighbors would either, you know, chastise him or help him, depending on what the situation was. You don't see that in America today. There is no community so much as there is just you yourself. And ev pretty much everything that we have in the U.S. these days kind of reinforces that. It's a matter of you have to claw your way out to be able to make your place in the world. You have nobody else to rely on except yourself, and that's it. Because nobody's going to help you. Why? Because everybody else is also focused entirely on themselves. And that extends even to parenting. Because, I mean, for me, the, the concept of parenting, you know, the whole point of parenting is to, you know, give your kids a step up in mm -hmm. the world. To give them the yeah. means to survive by themselves. But even that concept is lost nowadays, it seems. Basically. Well, for for uh, just to kind of clarify what I'm getting at here, a uh, good example would be in Afghanistan. I had a number of encounters with folks from all different sorts of backgrounds. I mean, downtown Kabul, very much a modern kind of setting as far as how things work. You know, you got your businesses and all that. And I've also had experience with you know something as what most would consider outdated as tribal societies but regardless of the situation regardless of what level they were working at as far as a society goes everybody took responsibility for everybody else in that society mm -hmm. The children were not raised just by their parents. They, every single adult in that community did what they could to help teach the children, look after the children, you know, discipline the children if necessary. They it practice the uh, phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. We don't have that in America these days. Oh. Because, be, and they're, they're, I'm sorry, they're, uh, I'll be quick. No. Uh, okay. 
there there are a number of reasons why that is. Uh, first off, we in America, well, you don't have the right to tell my child what to do. Or, you know, if somebody does speak up, oh, well, you know, Miss, Miss, Mr. Mackey down the road yelled at me. And all next thing you know, parents are pressing charges. Or parents are going, you don't have any right to fail my, my precious little snowflake, even though they didn't turn in their homework and, didn't, and failed all their exams. Oh, boy. Yeah, don't, don't get me started on this one. I mean, yeah, let's, it, let's not on that one. <laughs> but, but to be fair, that is yet one That's, more facet of the problem here in America is this fucking privilege yeah. status that we give ourselves. They're taking the feeding tube for granted, basically. It's always worked for me until now, so why isn't it working anymore? Normally, I don't have to worry about this kind of thing. So why isn't it working anymore? Make it work. It's always giving the responsibility and even the thought to somebody else. And, and here's the thing. That is an argument. Uh, the whole, it, it's a privilege problem. It, and nobody wants to take responsibility for their actions. It's something that we hear a lot on the Republican side of things in this country. However, that only goes so far. Yes, there is no reason a parent should be going in and yelling at a teacher for giving an honest grade to their to that person's child if that child didn't do the work you know end of story however if that family is in abject poverty they have no insurance there's no social safety nets because the politicians uh took things away and that family starts whining about you know hey look at me i've got nothing and the politician reports back with, well, you need to take, you know, uh, you, you need to stop acting so privileged. You don't you don't just get things and, and so on and so forth. I was like, no, 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 dude. It's different when you take it away from them and or you block things that would help them pull themselves out of that level. It's strange. And, and that's the that's the thing that the politicians don't want to hear about. It's strangely ironic. You look back at, you know, er earliest 20th century America. And what were we? We were an isolationist nation. We didn't want to go to war in Europe. We didn't want to help out with, you know, famine someplace else. And as a community, at, you know, dealing with just small-scale communities, we were a lot more tight-knit. You look at America, latter half of the 20th century to modern day, we are... As a country, we have our fingers in every single pie. And yet we are, as individuals, more isolationist than ever. And Yeah, it's funny because, uh, again, uh, going back to the feeding tube analogy, sorry if that's becoming tiring, but okay, so you've got this all coming into the United States, but, you know, everybody's concentrated on the tube you know, the end of the tube, but nobody's thinking about where it's all coming from. Like all these resources, all these military bases in other countries and all that. Out of sight, out of mind? Or no, no, no. What's the expression? Out of mind? No, no. you got it right. No, you but, got it right. But I, I really think more here, it's because it's not an emergency. 
So why deal with something that isn't an There's emergency? There's still food coming out of the tube, so why should I have to worry? Why do I care about where it comes from? It's coming out, so everything's okay. So I'm going to continue behaving in the same way. You, you can actually and expand upon that. Why should I worry about the tube running out of food, even though it looks like it's going to run out of food? Because there's food currently coming out of it. Well, th that's exactly it. And actually, the American economy, if, if, you, if you take that a bit further, it's like, you know... Um, imagine you've got a food resource and you know that like you've got enough food for three days and beyond that you don't know really what to do um but most of the population seems to be that all they seem to be thinking like you said is that oh there's food in front of me now so why do i have to think about the future that they did like they're basically they're they're abdicating their own survival onto other people. Let them worry about this shit. You know, if I behave in a certain way, they'll do it for me. They tell me that if I do this and this and this, and if I vote for this and this and this, then I'll get this and this and this, and that's good for my survival. I don't know that I disagree, but there's another facet to it. And uh, before I go I'm, ahead I'm and very uh, get sure everything... it's more complicated. I, I no, know no, no, it's, no. A, it's a big uh, blanket uh, summation. No, no, I... No, I, I got you. I got you. But uh, there was one last thing I just wanted to hit uh, Bridget for uh, before we go ahead and give everybody an opportunity to real quick uh, sum up anything left over. Uh, is that, you know, the idea that um, abdicating the responsibility, again, uh, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with Joseph, but Bridget, really quickly, like I said, we are far and away much more reactive than proactive societally. Mm -hmm. We know this for in many different aspects, but you've got it because you know from the medical side how many times people will go without preventative medical assistance, even though it's going to end up hurting them in the long run because it's not an issue right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that's necessarily abdicating the responsibility so much as changing where their responsibility line in the sand is. And I'm wondering if you think that there's anything to that. Hmm. I think it's just people put off things as long as possible. That's all I think that is. You know, I'm not going to worry about it today. I'll worry about it later. Um, I, I think that people don't do things until it's a crisis. Just, you know, general, general human nature, you know, here. I don't know about other places in the world. But, I mean, you see that with people doing vehicle maintenance. They don't take care of their vehicles until something blows up. Um, we see that with climate change. Uh, a lot of global weirding, you know, people think that everything's fine now and it's going to continue as it always has. And that's just simply not the case. And by the time it gets really bad, it'll be too late to do anything about it. But for right now, we can't afford to do anything about it because it'll hurt the economy, blah, blah, blah. But don't you see the same in, in everything we're talking about? It's the same behavior pattern repeating yep. itself. It's, it, it's working now. And just so like why do zero, it? zero thought beyond that. 
and, and I mean, even questioning, even asking the question, is a threat, quote unquote, to the the status quo, the present situation that's quote unquote working. Well, I mean, it, corporations do the same thing. They look to the profits, you know, of next quarter, and they don't look beyond that. So they're looking at short term gain, even though it may oh, cause long term harm. That's something else. That's for the upper echelons. But as but far as the public it, is concerned, the, the corporations, they're always threatening to cut off the, the source to the tube. I mean, they are, but I'm just that everyone is just so focused on here and now and today that they really and don't think about a week ahead, a month ahead, what they need. To if I don't behave that. this way, the food is going to stop. That's the constant fear that drives, like even in advertising, if you don't do this, your neighbors are going to think this of you, or if you don't do this, then you're going to. But the thing about it is if people don't change your behavior, the food will stop. It well, will they, to, it but must. they don't realize this themselves. That's they really, don't. Yeah, um, and they can't because they've been trained out. They've been trained not to question the provider deciders, and it, it's the same whether it's in politics or religion or whatever. It's a, it's mm -hmm. really it's a behavioral state. It's a behavior pattern, um, yep. and, and it really needs to be observed. And I mean, it's the entire economy depends on this behavior pattern. So, oh, and if you don't conform to that, if you don't behave as, as your neighbors do, if you dare question the status quo and all that, you're out. You're in the out group mm -hmm. for most of the people in today's economy. And actually, you know, even talking with somebody who's stuck in this um, this conformist state. I mean, if they say something to you and you actually think about what they just said to you, even that is an act of disrespect because you're questioning what they said. You're, it's not just blind acceptance. Even that is enough to outgroup you. Yeah. So, you know, whoever set this up, fucking genius you know because it's a system that propagates itself you know but um you know, that's I blame the Illuminati. it's not the illuminati i mean it's it's, fucking that, that was sarcasm that i know sarcasm. i know i know but there are people saying they're looking for a conspiracy like why look for a fucking conspiracy when you're surrounded by the evidence you know because the conspiracy is the quick and simple answer you, That's you conspiracies. it's it's like no, but like you you marvel at the um you marvel at the outcome and instead of looking at it as like this is just a natural progression of things changing slowly over time until you've reached this point you look back on it and think someone must have been pulling the strings and that that's what the conspiracy is when in but, fact it's really just a natural progression of human nature versus greed versus everything that you've talked about all over all this show uh joseph like tribalism survival imitation everything you've said it all leads to where we are now and th there's no conspiracy behind it other than this is the natural progression of people who don't think or who yeah who who don't think critically for whatever reason I, I said in the past, I go like, I, 
I made a Facebook update when um, I said uh, stupidity is not a fault, it's a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, basically, if you're stupid, you don't have to survive for yourself. You got somebody else doing it for you. And I call it survival, but that's essentially what thinking for yourself is. Because if you can't think for yourself, you can't survive for yourself. There's no way. Yeah. And yeah. Um, just now, today, nowadays, we're not in a survival environment. Yeah. Well, we're not. And going back to what you said about food, we have realistically a three-day supply. That's all we have in this country. Three-day supply. And if something happens to it, we're all screwed. Well, except for Sujin, because he's got that giant lasagna. Well, I mean, Sujin, <laughs> you look at you know what's available in the stores and markets, and you know, we just the way that our whole system is right now. That's all we have in it's, reserve is a three-day supply. You know, I can tell you from experience. You know, like I, I've been talking about going to the country lately, but it's becoming increasingly um, the idea is increasingly how do you say enticing, but. If, if you've ever been in a city when <coughs> the power turns off, the food delivery stops, mm -hmm. things get very ugly very quickly. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, especially most, when you have all those people who have, they don't even know how to start their own fire to warm themselves. Oh, like, I know how to start a fire without the use of matches, without the use of uh, a, a lens. Because my glasses definitely won't start it. I know how to rub sticks together properly. I know how to make the base. I know how to make a fire bow if I want to do that method. I know these things because I took the time to learn them. Okay. I know about the different woods in my area and what they're good for. It's even fun. To teach may, it can be. Yeah. Except I have very strict fire laws where I currently live. So I can't, um, <laughs> if I, it, you know, I don't have to teach my son. He actually knows how to do it. But if I had to teach him, I'd have to take him somewhere else where I could actually do it because I'm not allowed to do it here. And that, and that's the thing. I'm lucky enough that had I needed to do that, I have the car. I have the insurance. I have the money for the fuel for the car. I have the money necessary for supplies, whether it be a decent knife to make the shavings with, you know, an ax to cut down, or, you know, to cut a branch up into pieces or a hatchet or whatever. I have those options available to me. There are plenty of people in this country that can't even afford a decent pocket knife. Mm. And they have no knowledge of how to bang two rocks together to make a sharp rock that they could use in place of a hatchet. All right. We got to see about uh, rolling up over here, but uh, for the record, by the way, I'm kind of doing in the, in the, in the top of my head really quickly to try to figure out uh, what size pan this was that I was using because <laughs> I don't have it with me. Uh, I, I was pulling out a couple of pieces of paper to try to figure it out because, you know, Olympic, Regular pieces of paper are here in the U.S., eight and a half by 11, and yeah. I'm gauging it as roughly 24 inches uh, long, which is uh, 60, 61 centimeters long, and I'm guessing it to be about uh, 18 wide, so, so 45. 60 by 40? Close enough. 
45 centimeters. But, so, but half an axe handle. Sure. <laughs> Wait, European or American axe handle? <laughs> you know what? I'll Is throw that... it at you and we'll find out. <laughs> would be the well, first time I caught one flying at my head. I was playing mm. Frisbee. I didn't know what it, that I was playing Frisbee until it suddenly came to me. It's a, it's a thing somewhere. It's a, it's a, it's an old dog joke. You're welcome. Anyway, we gotta we gotta get a, a, and and thick. Oh, good four inches thick. So a good four inches thick. This is a family <laughs> show. Damn it! <laughs> Trust me, my lasagna is worthy. <laughs> and and I will go ahead and I will say to go ahead and fit with the innuendo. I didn't put any sausage in it. This no, wait, that isn't good. <laughs> Shit. Lasagna brings everyone to the yard. Yeah. I'll get Italian sausage in a later. Anyway, we gotta get out of here because it's it's getting late. And uh I'm going to be having breakfast over at CFI Buffalo uh, this morning. I almost forgot to take a look at I, I keep forgetting. Yeah, it's it's Tomorrow, from when we anyway, Sunday, Sunday morning, which is today, now, thanks. I will be over at CFI Buffalo because we're having a secular, uh, secular coffee and conversation. So, if there's anybody in the general vicinity, feel free to stop in, unless you're not seeing this on uh, March 31st, in which case, uh, you're late. CFI Center for Inquiry, right? That's yeah. the one. So uh, it's Lucky. it's about a forty yeah it's about a forty minute drive for me, uh, so you can well imagine I have to leave here early, relatively speaking. So I have to get to sleep. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. But in any case, as always, everybody, thank you very much for being with us. We hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives, and uh, you get something to think about now for uh, well, however long it's going to be. Um, all you guys over there in the chat, Stephanie. Thank you, and and for reminding us of a couple of things. And also, uh, I would also she, like to say thank you to Stephanie. Um, I did not realize that "Let Them Eat Cake," which the actual translation, by the way, after she inf uh, influenced me, was uh, "Let Them Eat Brioche," um, was not necessarily something that Marie Antoinette said. It was reported that she was said by one of her opposition and potentially due to where she was located at the time versus when the uh, the time the opposition said they she said it don't match up it's quite possible it was completely made up however her lifestyle and her attitude towards the the, the lower class and toward things that she did in politics she that was just one thing, pile of things that ultimately had her uh, lose her head over. It's yes. a good representation of the nobility at the time. Yeah. And the French so, Revolution. So, yeah, Stephanie encouraged me to actually do research, so thank you. All it was cracked up for was the French Revolution was basically the, the bourgeois taking the place of the nobility. That's it. Good enough. So uh, what I wanted to say was, uh, like I said, Thank you for you know keeping keeping us in check. We do appreciate it. And when I went ahead and I I changed around how you were you're opposing something, uh, 
like I said, it's all part of the job. I I like to be able to. I like to be able to do that, to think through how that works. And that's part of the reason why I say at the end, I hope people have found something worthwhile to think about with the way that we come at these things. It's not always the, the way that everybody thinks about it, but uh, I'd like to think that I kind of have a way of, of re-engineering sometimes to help things along. So thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, Stephanie's right. It was too believable that Marie Antoinette could have said that. Yeah, it's 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 entirely believable because, well, it, it, it fit the pattern, which is always a bad thing because, uh, be that as it may, still, thank you. Really do appreciate it. I'm going to do this in a slightly different order than normal because, well, it's kind of the right thing to do. Joey... I know that we're going to be, you know, we're going to be missing you for uh, a couple of weeks while you get yourself all set up. We mentioned about it earlier. So until you're able to get back with us, thank you, of course, as always. I'll be looking forward to having you back whenever that's able to happen. And just safe travels on on setting up a new house, man. Eh, shouldn't be too much of a problem. No, <clears throat> um, oh, no, really shouldn't be too much of a problem. I uh, just... The only issue that I'm currently running into is that for the time being, I will be staying with family. As, as such, I won't have the luxury of, you know, getting internet service because it's not my place. Yeah. And I'm not going to try to force that on family members. Now, granted, I don't plan on staying with family too long. Uh, pretty early on, one of the first things we're going to be working on is finding me an apartment. Once that's taken care of, then it's going to be a different matter. Uh, but, you know, I will still be trying to poke in here and there. Uh, after all, there's always Tim Hortons. <laughs> True enough. But still, uh, since it's going to be a, a little bit of time, uh, I'm expecting that you'll be gone the better part of a month. Like I said, just be safe and just be careful. Yeah, I'll do what I can. I'm already taking care. Of, I'm already making sure that the truck is uh, good and ready for the uh, for the journey. As for, I mean, the truck as it is right now definitely can make the trip. It's just a matter of uh, with all the stuff that I'm going to have in the back of it. I need to make sure that the uh, rear suspension and whatnot are in good condition, which I have all the all the uh, necessary tools and means to do so. Just got to take the time and hope that it stops raining one of these days. Mm. Let's hope. Good luck, man. Joseph, of course, thank you very kindly for your time. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry you ended up a, a little bit early getting up, but uh, hey, look uh, at the bright side. You, you Now you know exactly what time you need to be ready for well from here on in everything's all's good excellent glad you're able to make it man thanks for having me on no worries tech of course as always you try to take care of yourself and um enjoy the fallout that's inevitable to happen in the next couple of weeks i'm sure um i i just hope the masses don't get together and like DC just because like the actual fallout from that could potentially reach where I live. Uh, at least give me some time to get the hell away, you know, someplace safe. 
on the subject where walls should be built, just to prevent <laughs> the fallout. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, I mean, let's 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 not get started here. I mean, remember, Escape from New York, they they built a very large wall around Manhattan. You know, that's that's actually not such a bad idea. We can we can we can do that for DC too, right? We just shove them all in there and just concrete and rebar and everything. We, yeah, we, sure, we well, can do that. Another movie. <laughs> no, no, two is enough. You're right. I, I like the whole Snake Plissken uh, movies. Those were great. All, all two of them. And, and we're not going to go any further than that. Bridget, thank you, Han. And you've got news for everybody, don't you? I do. Um, I will be at the American Atheist Convention on April 19th. And I'm going to be joining Holy Crap the Blogcast live from the convention and bringing some people with me to say hi. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, for that, uh, hold on a second. I'm looking for. It's going to be in Cincinnati. If anybody wants to, you know, come up there, they still have tickets on sale. And uh, yeah. Just one second. I'm 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 trying to find. No, that's not the right one. Where the hell did I put the stupid thing? I'm sorry. I have a I have a I have a thing. That I wanted to show off for everybody. The thing, the thing, you know, the thing. Yeah, dude, your your your, your New York is showing. That the right one? That's the right one. That's what I was looking for. Haba haba haba. Zoot zoot. There it is. Nice. Ah. So, uh, Joey, I kind of took your uh, your original version. I did a slight modification because uh, G plus is no longer a thing. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to have to go through and do some miter editing again to bring this up to date better. But uh, otherwise that's the, that's the card design currently. I don't think you actually changed anything that I did. I just did the, uh, the logo. You actually put together the card. You know, I'll never get over whatever it is about my glasses that causes the blues, greens, and reds to actually appear as if they're at different depths. So that sphere of a planet Earth uh-huh. looks really funky, but it's also really cool. It's it's also probably a big difference between not only my uh, my programs that I use to make it, but also the fact that you know Shujin and I we obviously have two different monitors, so things show up differently for us. And you would be right about there, Tech Right. And see, that's there. the thing. Like, your cursor, because of my glasses, and I know it's my glasses, because if I wear my other pair, I don't get this effect. Right Something about there. these specifically. Your cursor actually looks like it's hovering, literally floating over the planet. Yeah, you're right there. Joseph, you're right about there. Thanks for Spain. making me the center of everything. <laughs> That's Spain. You need to go. Uh, you need Normally to go. I do about, that myself. You would, from where you were, Shujin. You, I mean, I mean, come on. Look, that's Spain. Where's France? Come on, Paris, France. You should know where this is. No, that's not. That's Marseille. Go up. Go up. <laughs> Sounds like my ex. Close enough. That's, That's not right it. There. That's not it. 
That's fine. That's fine. And uh, Dallin, you're uh, you're kind of oh, you're you're actually. If you look up above you right now, Dallin, outside your window, <laughs> I will you might see this. You might see this giant T over you. That's that's this. That that's where you are. Right I will now. be redesigning a a new logo uh, sometime in the near future. Slight uh -huh. variation on that. Some, I'm taking taking a whole bunch of these with me to the con to go hand out to people. Well, I'm going to be redesigning it from the ground up. Okay, I'll I'll pitch you a few a few examples and we'll see how it goes. Not a worry, but uh, it's yeah, in a few years. So that's true. That's true. I just need to uh, I just need to make a couple minor modifications. But Bridge is going to have uh, cards. I'll make sure that I print some off, and uh, you will have yourself a great time. And yeah, next um, week should be interesting. As a press pass person, yay! Yeah, when is that going to be again? That's going to be April the 19th through the 21st, Easter weekend. It's always Easter weekend for for a reason. Yes, can't imagine why. <laughs> to, to piss off the uh, people observing Easter. Again, can't oh, imagine yeah. why. We always end up getting protesters that show up. Always. That, that's that's. not y'all be in church? <laughs> yeah, actually, hey. actually, it was... How about throwing uh, throwing some Ukrainian painted eggs at them? Or is that a thing down there? I don't know. I guess not. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you ever watch uh, some of these? Uh, I think it was I think it was done in Ukraine. Uh, at least I've seen it over here. Uh, the way they decorate eggs for Easter, it's an art. Like. Fabergé egg caliber art in many cases. I, I've seen some stuff. <laughs> Maybe we should look that up a little bit later. Meantime, Dallin, of course, it's good to have you back. Congratulations on getting the new beastie. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm kind of reaching under the table here to see how it's how the cooling's been running, and it's running fairly cool. I'm quite impressed. Excellent. Yeah, but we'll. we'll Got a few more paces I'm going to put her through uh, in the next few days, and we'll see what happens. Fair enough. So for you, thank you, of course, as always. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know, I know, I haven't exactly been helping the last couple of weeks with That's helping okay. you with I've, stuff. Uh, you know. uh, what just happened? I don't know. Looks like mute. Oh, good lord. Something happened, and Dallin is frozen. In time. Oh, good One lord! One moment in time. <laughs> okay, no, don't don't do that. People we don't, we don't, had we don't, solo on us. We we don't need a we don't need a. He's frozen in carbonite. Or something. There's back. You're back. What the hell happened? You you just did this, and and you just it's froze, frozen. and it was like, oh crap! All you this five froze to me. <laughs> Well, you know what? Freeze we, face. It's like we were too much ice cream. We were all too talking amongst cooks, ourselves. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Spoil the TCMPI. Whatever the fuck. You know what it is. <laughs> so you got as far as this, and <laughs> you were stuck like this. So anyway, you, you had, the perfect, you had yeah. the perfect 80s sitcom uh, flat, uh, uh, freeze frame ending. <laughs> Breakfast club ending right there. Great. It was perfect. So, if, uh, yeah, I, 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 
smell and thick are available to do a, an old retro theme or something right no. now. <laughs> so I, I got as I got as far as to say uh, I'm sorry that I haven't exactly been able to help you the last couple of weeks, and then you were about to say, I was about to say, this machine is a little bit more powerful now, so I will get the tools I need to work on the audio version of this show over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. I am going to see if I still remember my login information for my blog over at inthewind.yo5.ca. That could be a problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll see. But um, no, I'm back. I'm running. Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, a few weeks now, just sort of getting back into the groove of things and dealing with other stuff, as you know. Of course. Like I said, I'm glad that you're back. And yeah, there, there. For those of you that are wondering, why is there this uncomfortable? Yeah, there, there is stuff. Um, no, you yeah. will not know. Dallin and I have known each other long enough that he, he, he knows what I'm not saying. Mm -hmm. Plus, we've we we said a bunch of it in other in other forms already. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll keep it with that. Um, and. Uh, really quickly before uh, before we get out of here, uh, I'm just going to uh, I'm going to vague book I uh, one item really quickly. Chief, I know you're probably not going to see this, but um, I'm honored. Thank you. No, you guys don't have any idea, and maybe I'll tell the maybe I'll tell the crew, but uh, <laughs> it'll it, we'll kind of work it from there. So anyway. As always, everybody, thank you very much for being with us. As Dallin said, if you'd like to get the audio version, take a swing over to holycrapthevlogcast.com. You've got all of our contact links, the download link for the RSS feed. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail message, which, yes, it still works, I think, pretty sure. It's 859-HCTV-554, 859-428-8554. Give us a call on that uh, grand spanking new uh, S10 that you might have got recently I, uh, I i really don't like the size seriously i i really i really i really don't like the the size of the thing it's it's the the five the five was a perfect size she said shut up because <laughs> the five you, you play you play youtube videos on it you turn it sideways and it's full screen. It's full screen. You play videos on uh, an S10. It's got black bars on both left and right sides. Samsung, you're killing me. You yeah, really are. We just outpaced YouTube's all the I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I just got a OnePlus my client gave me. Well, that's that's all well and good for you. That's good. I've, don't enjoy I've, that. I've had it four days. <laughs> Still a virgin. Good enough. Meantime, uh, we'll be looking forward to talking to you guys again uh, next week as far as to what we're going to do for a topic. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be arsed. I have no clue. We'll figure it out eventually, one way or another. But you all take care of yourselves. And uh, it's good to have a lot of the group back. Yeah. Almost all the group back. Yeah. Um we missed Deb. Yeah. I mean yeah. yeah. And it always comes when you're not expecting it. Yeah, oh, like right boy. now. Yeah. Anyway, 
we'll be looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. So, as always, until the next time we get together, everybody, you uh, you take care. And uh, Stephanie, I'm glad that we could uh, we could give you something something to smile about. See you soon. Till the next time. I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. My lady. Too many years later, I am still in love with you. Matane Fusion. Until next week, everybody, then. We'll see you. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.